This is Catherine Parker from The Haunting of Hill House. You're listening to Derek Thomas and the Monday Morning Critic Podcast. He taught me, keep your friends close, but your enemies closer. I said it before and I'll say it again. Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while. You could miss it. Good morning, Vietnam! Keep the change, you filthy animal. So you go on and stamp your form, Sonny, and stop wasting my time. Because I tell you the truth, I don't give a shit. You don't know about real loss. Because it only occurs when you love something more than you love yourself. So if I'm not black enough, and if I'm not white enough, and if I'm not mad enough, then tell me, Tony, what am I? My name is Borat. Da, 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 da. Hey, I never asked you. Yeah. You like guacamole? You're the smartest guy I ever met. And you're too stupid to see. He made up his mind ten minutes ago. That's what I do. I drink, and I know things. My next actor's filmography includes Stranger Things, Into the Badlands, Ozark, and The Walking Dead. She is the very talented, very kind, well, I think she's kind, Jerry Tubbs. Jerry, how is life treating you today? Um, It's pretty awesome. I'm feeling good. Thank so, you for asking. So I have to ask you an absolutely corny Walking Dead joke. How's your head? Oh, mm, you know, I took a little Advil and I think it's going to be okay. <laughs> so I'm trying to put together your, your life. So I know you're you're from Indiana. How many years did you spend in Indiana, Jerry? Was it a, a long time or was it very brief for you? Uh, I was there until I was a freshman in high school and then I, I left and moved to California. That's a tough change to make that. In, in ninth grade, I feel like was, for me personally, not you, was, was my, I felt like it was one of my toughest years. Was, was that a tough change to make for you to, to kind of move on like that? Oh, yeah, totally. I mean, and under the circumstances as well, too, um, which was, I mean, my parents were already separated. They had been separated for a while at that time, but um, the circumstances surrounding it were not good. And it was also my, fr- yeah, I mean, my freshman year in high school and I had was starting to make friends and liking boys. And my mom um, ended up getting married to her second husband at the time and moved to San Francisco. And then I ended up staying with my dad for a little bit. And then it was like, no, you need to move to San Francisco, the San Francisco Bay area. And I was, I was terrified. I, I was not ready to leave the Midwest, because up until then, that was all that I knew. Yeah, and, and so when you when you end up going, you end up growing up in San Jose. Do I have that right? Yeah, yeah, you got it. Yeah, and then you, you eventually moved to LA. So talk a little about that part of your life. I mean, obviously, you don't have you could tell you tell me whatever you'd like, but from you go from San Jose to LA, and now yeah. I, and I know you're back in Atlanta, right? Do I, did I complete the timeline? Yeah, you're correct. Yeah, I moved I moved to Atlanta, which is where I'm at right now as I'm talking to you. I've been here for 5 years, but yeah, I moved from LA. I was in LA for 15 years, and then before LA, I was in San Jose for probably, I don't know, maybe 12, 13 years. Okay. And how did you like San Jose? Was it a big was it a bit was it, I don't want to say culture shock because that sounds ridiculous, but was oh, it I totally was. <laughs> okay, good, 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 good. <laughs> I mean, really, like, uh, I mean, coming from India, a very small town in Indiana, it's predominantly white. And I think we had one African-American family there. And, like, that was pretty much it. And then moving to San Jose, California, I loved it because my I got to choose the high school that I wanted to go to. My mom asked me where I wanted to go. And the high school I went to, Fremont High School, was so culturally diverse. I loved it. Like, I had never 
met people, I mean, as from as many different countries and different cultural backgrounds and ethnicities. And it, I mean, it was awesome. It was a really cool experience. Yeah. And, you know, I, I have to say, I mean, you found your footing pretty quickly because you then go on to study uh, at UCLA. I have that right. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, and then your MFA in acting. So so what made you decide to get the MFA in acting? Because one, I mean, that's a great school. Two, it's yeah. not an easy degree to get. So I mean, you have to be – I feel like interviewing and talking to actors, I feel like either – if you're – you have to be all in on the MFA. And if you're not, it doesn't really work out well. Well, yeah, also especially if you're paying for it. <laughs> so, oh, my gosh, yes. I, I mean, you know, that – I mean, it was my choice to go – I was always back and forth about college. I mean, my mom wanted me to go, but I was like, I always knew that I wanted to be an actor. I mean, even my brother reminded me, we were at a family reunion and he said, no, that's pretty much what she's always wanted. Cause we were talking about my role in the walking dead. And my brother said, no, she's always known what she's wanted to do even when she was in preschool. And so going to college initially to study theater arts or acting, I thought, do, you know, do I really need to do that? But if I'm going to do it, I'm going to go big. I'm going to go for the schools that are well known. So when I was applying for um, graduate programs. I mean, UC UCLA had always been in my mind because actually initially I wanted to play basketball at UCLA. Mm. Yeah, because I played basketball for a long time. So it was either UCLA, I applied to, I think it was NYU, Yale. Um, I don't remember if I applied to Juilliard or not. Um, and then also ACT in San Francisco. And I auditioned for all of those schools and it was pretty much UCLA was the only one that took me. <laughs> so I thought, <laughs> I thought, okay, so this is serendipitous. This is where I'm meant to go. And, um, yeah. And so it just, that's what led me into the program at UCLA. Plus I always knew eventually I was going to move to LA. That was just a better way in for me because I was going into a very well-known program for three solid years. It's like you are, you are committed to them in that program for three years. I mean, even while you're, even while I was there training, you're not allowed to do any outside work or audition or any of that stuff. Yeah. And I imagine it wasn't cheap for you. I mean, I mean, especially over three years, I mean, geez, I mean, like you said, when you're paying for it, nothing's cheap, but uh, I, I would imagine that degree didn't come easy for you. Right. Yeah. I mean, you got, you got to, you got to want to do it, but yeah, I mean, I, you know, I took out student loans and, uh, which I was like, Oh, I have to pay those back. <laughs> <laughs> Fast forward 20 years later. Yes. You have to pay those back. Um, and then I also got, I mean, I got a fellowship my first year, which helped. And then the second year of the program, they do a kind of like a teacher's assistant work study thing. And we get to choose who we want to study under specifically. And we get paid for that. So that was pretty cool too. And of course you play basketball because you're from Indiana, right? So I, 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 I have – how good – like I, I, I don't want to say how good were you, but were you I like – I was very good. Wow. Did you, I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. I was I was good. Um, my dream, if, if, if I wasn't going to be an actor, I wanted to be in the women's NBA. That's that's fantastic because a lot of people say they're good and they're, I totally believe you. Like, do you still today? Are, do you follow it? Do you follow college? Are you up with a, a whether it's the Hoosiers or UCLA or? No, I mean, no, I don't. I mean, really, because I ended up um, blowing out my left knee. That was my injury, and then had to have surgery on it. And then I just kind of lost my um, 
my oomph for it. And I couldn't, it was hard for me to, to watch it, to play it. And, um, yeah, no, I just, I just really stopped. I stopped, but occasionally, but I don't really follow any teams or anything like that. Yeah. And I feel like that's kind of life, you know, Jerry, I feel like, you know, it's about kind of moving on. I mean, you're, you're good at something, you love something, but it's kind of like, okay, time goes by and you develop other passions, other things that you love. So I feel like that's just life, right? Yeah, that, that is life as I've learned in my, in my youth and now in my not so youth. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're, you're very young, and, and I have to say, so I am a very young at heart. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you mentioned your, your love of wanting to be an actor since preschool. Was there something as you're getting older? Is there a movie or? And I know you've probably been asked this a thousand times because I know you teach acting. So, yeah, is there an actor? Is there a performance? Is there uh, a movie that almost solidified your? your love of acting because I mean, it's clearly it was, you were born with it. So is there something along the way that really strengthened it? You know, um, whatever, I mean, you know, people ask me who are my favorite actors or favorite movies or what was, I really don't think, I mean, I'm trying to think back cause I, I also had two older brothers in my life that would always beat up on me in a loving, in a loving way. They were not bullies by any means, but I was very influenced by a lot of dude stuff, like stuff for guys. Like I still am. I tend to lean more towards um, male actors. Like, I mean, recently I saw the Joker. Have you seen the Joker with Joaquin Phoenix? I have. Awesome. I was like, I would love to play that part or like anything Daniel Day Lewis does. Or, um, I mean, yeah, I can't even really think of one particular film that I saw, but it's probably just a series of them, but I've always been attracted to more kind of, yeah, like alpha male roles and, and male actors. And, and I mean, fight club, I loved fight club, like stuff like that. So that's, that's what always, um, influences me, I guess you could say. Right. Right. No, that would make sense. I mean, you, you have an affinity for your brothers. You clearly admire them. And yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that makes sense to me. I do have a question, though. It's funny that you bring up the Joker because I did have a question about that movie. You know, and if you don't want to answer it, you don't have to. But there's a there's some I know people that vote and I'm not 100 percent clear on the process, but I know actors uh, sag after they vote on, you know, best actor and so forth. What is your take on uh, people that the act people who are eligible to vote for the Academy Awards actors or directors or whomever is is part of the, the, the union? What do you, what's your take on those who just refuse to see the movie based on whatever? I don't know. I feel like that's so unfair to Joaquin Phoenix, who put on just a masterpiece of a performance along with many others, including directors and so forth. What, what is your take on the people that just pass on a movie completely and just won't watch it? To me, that's really unfair to an actor who put his heart out there and really put a performance of a lifetime out there. You know, I mean, I, it, it really, I respect that. It's like, you, you do what you got to do. And I don't know what, you know, whomever, whatever their choice is, it's like coming from whatever, who knows what it's coming from, from, you know, a historical perspective or past experience or pain or trauma. I mean, I personally, I, I don't take stuff. I, I mean, I don't um, begrudge them for choosing that. I, I totally respect that. Mm. No, I, it was something I've been dying to ask an actor the next I said, you know what, next time I think of it. So, yeah, I, I guess it definitely comes from perspective. And you definitely are, are big into teaching acting. And how do you like being on that part? I mean, I, I have a ton of questions of you, you know, in front of the camera. But what, are, what is your perspective as far as teaching acting and teaching the craft? How do you like that? How did you kind of get involved with that? 
Yeah. Um, well, I mean, having my master's degree, so when I got out of UCLA, I mean, really, my my, my um, initial, I never wanted to teach. You know, I never wanted to be a teacher, teach acting. I wanted to be an actor. But like many of us, uh, I can't speak for everybody, but in LA, you have to have a job. You know, right. you have to have a day job or like one, two or three or four jobs at a time. So having a master's degree allowed me to be able to teach. So I started applying and, and it being accepted at different acting schools and some universities. And I did that. I mean, my God, I did that for like 10 years back in LA. Plus also while I was still training as an actor, because the technique that I teach here in Atlanta, Chubbuck technique, which I'm assuming you probably looked her up, but Ivana Chubbuck became my um, acting coach because I was at her studio for a long time. So I'm teaching at schools with my master's degree and still taking acting classes from her at her studio. And then eventually when I decided to move out to Atlanta, just for me as an actress, I wanted to know who taught her technique in Atlanta so I could go and get coached. And at that time there, she didn't have anyone here that was credentialed to teach her technique. So she says, well, why don't you just go through my teacher training program, you know it enough already, and you can be my teacher in Atlanta. And I was like, okay. So, like, that's just really kind of how it happened. Yeah, and and I, yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. You, you were saying something because I wanted I, to add. Yeah, I love, I mean, I, you know, I've been, the Chubbuck technique, I've been doing it, and meaning doing it, meaning on both sides of it, teaching it or studying it and also applying it to my work as an actor. I mean, I've been doing it for 12 years now, and teaching it has really been awesome for me because one, I just love talking about it. I love teaching it and I love seeing how it affects other actors work. Plus also I feel that I have a really good understanding of it, seeing as that I'm on the other side as well too. I was a student of it and now I can see the things that like when I was in Ivana's class, the stuff that she was asking me to do, I may not have actually understood it. I just did it because she it's Ivana Chubbuck, and I'm not. I'm like, I'm not going to argue with you. But now I understand, as a teacher of it, from the audience perspective, what an actor sometimes forgets or doesn't see or realizes, and that has been that has been very eye opening for me. Yeah, and, and that absolutely would make sense to me. And you know, I, I probably did more research today, Jerry, on acting methods than any non actor has ever done in the history of the world. But it's like, I, yeah, but I got to tell you, in, in the nerdiest way possible, like this is why I love what I do. I love doing this for this reason. So l- let's let's dumb this down a little bit for me, especially, and for okay. some people that are listening, right? So there's many acting methods, right? There's Stanislavski, there's Strasberg, there's Stella Adler, there's the Meiser, I'm sorry. Yeah, there's just Chekhov, Uta Hagen, Suzuki uh, method. There's a bunch of other methods that you that people kind of paths they go down. Two part question: What okay. is the the Chubbuck method? And two, just uh, maybe this is probably the first one. What are acting methods? Just for people that maybe are not familiar with it, what do they encourage? What do they teach you? Regardless of each one has their has many of their own components. I get that. But just generally speaking, um, Jerry, what are acting methods and what is the Chubbuck method? My God, that's like a five-part. <laughs> <laughs> I did. Tur- I turned it into a five-parter. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, 
point one, point part B and C. I'm just kidding. It's like you're giving me a test. Okay, no, I, I get it. I get it. Well, I mean, from from my perspective, Shabbat technique is going after an objective to win at any cost by using your personal pain, which creates obstacles, which creates behavior as you're going after this objective. And um, I mean. I've also, while at UCLA, I trained in other tech, like, look at you know what Suzuki is. I've trained in Stanislavski, Strasbourg, um, Uta Hagen, um, Viewpoint, Suzuki, a lot of movement-based stuff. Um, and all of it's kind of like combined, especially in Chubbuck technique. I find that it takes from a lot of different other techniques that I was aware of or had trained in. And it's a 12-step process, not not to be confused with a 12-step program, <laughs> although maybe it could be. In Chubbuck technique, it's a lot like Uta Hagen where you're using substitution, which is you're using someone from your life, your personal life to represent your scene objective. And it's the way that scene objectives are worded in Chubbuck technique. I love because they're worded in a way uh, to try and affect or change the other person to get what you want when you're going after something like, you know, to get you to love me or to make you wrong so that I'm right, or to get you to give me my power back. Um, and then as far as you said, um, you said other. What, tell me again. What you say so, about? So that? yeah. So you, that's you did an unbelievable job explaining that. Uh, hey, but, but, I, hope I should at this point. <laughs> but how do other acting methods differ? So you explained the one that. Um, you, oh yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. So so how do they differ? Like how do they? How, I, I I don't want to make this a ten part question again. But how how do they differ? I'll make it easy. How how do they differ? And that's probably not an easy question either. No, I think I think I got. Well, I can, you know obviously I can only speak for what I've experienced and what I've trained in. Um, I've never trained in Meisner, although I did teach at a Meisner based school. I was teaching uh, I was teaching voice and movement. But even Meisner, like my Meisner friends, uh, I had one a teacher, great teacher by the name of Anthony Montez, who's based out of L.A. He was a student of Sanford Meisner back in the day and was. Grant, you know, I guess Sanford Miser would, you know, only grant certain people, you know, the, um, I mean, I'm paraphrasing here, but to say, hey, you know, you can teach my technique because you know it well enough. And I feel like uh, everyone kind of puts their own spin on stuff. I mean, even me teaching Chubbuck technique, I try to do it as close to the way I was taught, but I'm still teaching from my perspective of it. So, um, you know, I can only speak for Uta Hagen and for Stanislavski and some Strasbourg stuff and Chubbuck stuff, but for me, they're they're kind of all the same. Right, right. Um, so my next question was: I was going to say a lot of these methods share some some very common. I don't want to say traits or themes, but some. Yeah, some, yeah they seem to share. They share from one. It seems like there's some commonality in a lot of these methods. Yeah, I mean, to me, again, in my perspective, it's, you know, the, the it's, it's semantics, I mean, the vocabulary may be different, or it's like, instead of saying, you know, beats and actions, when you're breaking down your script, they may call them tactics, right? Or instead of saying, what's your character's overall objective in life, another technique may, you know, may say, what's your super objective. But I feel like a lot of them are all about trying to get you to the same point, which is, listening, you know, listening, being in the moment, being present, um, taking your behavior off of the other person, going after something. I mean, I, 
to me, I feel like a, a lot of the techniques that I've trained in share those traits. Yeah, and the one that you said that I feel like is the is is the kind of how, how did you, I want to see how, how the way you said you, you said in a lot of these methods you almost have to look within your not look within yourself but use your own personal pain or experiences in bringing out the character you're portraying. Is that somewhat accurate? Is that I mean I, mean, I can only speak really for Chubbuck technique. I right, the Chubbuck, yeah, the Chubbuck yeah, technique. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I can't speak for Meisner or. Other techniques I haven't trained in, but not, you know, there are some techniques that do not um, use substitution. They don't use stuff from your person, which is, I mean, which is cool. It's like whatever, you know, whatever works for you. Right. They'll they'll rely more on imagination or what ifs, like what if you were in this circumstance or, um, you know, solely relying on imagination and not using stuff from personal life, which I understand because I feel, well, you know, like, for example, method. You know, whenever anyone talks about method or, oh, that person is so method, I feel like that term has become so bastardized by people. It's like, okay, if you're playing a heroin addict, you have to go and do heroin. No, it doesn't mean that. <laughs> but, I, yeah, I mean, yeah, a lot, a lot of techniques don't use personal stuff or personal life. I've heard other actors say that they don't like doing that because they feel it's um, psychologically damaging or they feel that it's um, – uh, what's the word? Like, um, it's too uh, indulgent. It's too self-indulgent. But that's if, in my again, in my experience, especially with Chubbuck technique, it's only if you let it become self-indulgent. It's only if you play the problem. If you play the problem of something, nobody wants to watch that. You know what I mean? It's like after a while, people want to watch you go after something and they want to root for you, whether if you get it or not, against all odds. That I mean, that's the kind of stuff that speaks to me as an actor. No, that's well said. And when you say method actor, all I think of, and you mentioned him earlier, is Daniel Day-Lewis. Like, people said that, like, when he was doing Lincoln, <clears throat> he would walk around with a top hat. You know, he, he just lived like Abraham Lincoln forever. I mean, that's, to me, he brings it to a whole nother level, I feel like. And you know what? It's it's. Uh, can I curse on this? Oh, you can absolutely curse. It's some good shit. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it clearly works for him because it it's phenomenal. Yeah, and, and yeah, I, I definitely will not poo-poo on anyone's method or how they choose to get to where they need to go. And it's like, look, if that serves you in your work and you're doing incredible work, you know, you go, boy. I mean, that's 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 all I can say. Yeah, and and you mentioned, um, you know. Well, one of the you're in Silence the Whispers. For those of you listening, it's episode four, season ten of The Walking Dead. So you have a great scene with Jeffrey D. Morgan, and yeah. when you're in a scene like that, it's very tense, you know, very emotional scene. Do you find that you rely on the Chubbuck method, some of your training there, or do you feel like you know what? Um, you're such an experience because you've done a lot of theater, you've done a lot of TV, a lot of movies. Do you feel like at that point you're you're not really referencing anything? You're just kind of a a bunch of things because you've had a lot of education, a lot of experience. So in a scene like that, uh, Jerry, what is it like? Are you cha- are you kind of channeling somewhere else, or is it just experience that leads the way in, in a scenario like that, in a scene like that? Well, I mean, what you know, really was I was using the stuff that what, which was how I how I looked at the character and how I broke it down. The stuff that I was using to audition for the role and what initially got me the part. I mean, I yeah, that's that's what I used, it, especially in that moment when I'm like. 
It's funny too, because I'm seeing some memes of me where people are calling me a bully or a bully bitch. I'm like, that's I'm like, 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 because I never saw the character that way. I never saw her as a bully or anything like that. It's like, she had to do what she had to do in order to avenge the death of her friends. And it was coming from a place of pain. Mm. Um, and so I just, just focused on that and just kept bringing it. And of course, you know, I might be everyone, you know, I can't remember how many takes we did, but, um, you know, the director would come in and may say, okay, try it this way or try it that way. Or, you know, I need you to be a little bit meaner to her a little bit this or there, but I still, I still felt like that I kept what I initially had, um, worked on for her as the character and what her objective was, especially in that, that scene as well, too. And she has an, um, Margot has an association with the highwayman. Am I right with that? Because in a scene, not, yeah. yeah, right. So she is obviously a passionate person at that point because the people she's close to have just pretty much had their head put on a stick. Oh, they totally had their heads put on yeah. a stick. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, like they were like a human cake pop, you know, the cake pops. I mean, that's what they were. <laughs> and I and that's the that's what Jerry to me. That's what makes a character really deep. And I and I feel like it, there's always a backstory. It's ne- especially with the, in the Walking Dead universe. It's never good versus bad. This is not how it works. There's gray. There's there's more to a character. And, and you mentioned the director before I forget. And I'm sorry, I'm scatterbrained here. Uh, Michael Cutlets. Did he direct that episode? He did, yeah. He totally did. So can you tell, because like I said, you have, you have a pretty extensive background in acting, and he's an actor. Is it is it? Be- I don't want to say better because th- that doesn't make sense, but is it good to have a director who has a lot of time in front of the camera as an actor? Can you tell when that's happening? Can you know Because maybe he can relate to what you're going through. He can relate to what you're trying to do. Does that, is that kind of how you feel in any way? I mean, you know, it's just really, it's different. I mean, I, I do like working with directors that have, have are, or have been former actors or have experience in acting because, um, but then, you know, everybody's different, you know, everyone has a different personality and it really depends on how I, how I, how I, um, take the note that I'm given. And I mean, yeah, the stuff that he was telling me, I just like, I, I, I felt like I got it. I was like, okay. And the way that he would, give the direction and also knowing that he comes from an acting background. Yeah. I mean, sometimes I feel like, okay, my, I I can, I can understand it a little bit better or it's a little bit more clear to me. Whereas, you know, I've had experiences not bad by any means where the person is coming maybe more from a technical aspect, um, more so than like, you know, emotionally saying, okay, well, I, you know, I need you to do this and look that way and blah, blah, blah. And then my actor brain has to figure that out on, you know, as far as an emotional level, um, you know, and what's the objective I'm going after and how am I going to go after that? But yeah, I mean, I do appreciate that, especially directors that have acting experience. I think it does, it does help a lot. Yeah. And I've had a few, uh, I've had a, a, a lot of members of the walking dead cast on the show and many of them always reference the good natured set, the environment, how positive it is. Did you uh, have the same experience? Oh, I cried. <laughs> <laughs> My, well, plus the fact I'm on the walking dead and you know what? I never really, I never watched the walking dead. I think I maybe watched it the very first episode, the first season. What was that? Like 10 years ago. Yeah. But I'm because there's so much content, there's so much content. So I'm watching. But when I, you know, and I auditioned for other roles, like several other roles before I got Margot. And I, of course, started watching the seasons to know what the hell was going on. 
And I'd always heard nothing but good things about the people there in the set and how much of a family it was. But yeah, that my, and was it episode three where I stand, where I'm like, we're in the town hall meeting and I'm confronting Michonne. And after we did that, I mean, I, and, and it was awesome because the director got up the, like everyone in the crew said, you know, welcome Jerry to the first day on set. And everyone gave me a round of applause. Oh, very sweet. The, the cast, the crew, the background. And I literally cried. <laughs> I cried and I said, I'm on the fucking walking dead. <laughs> and I mean, that was because of how nice everyone was. And plus also just how long, how many years I've been doing this and that the feeling of, wow, this is, this is great. Like I'm on, I'm on a great show with some great people, but yeah, I have this, that has probably so far has been, the most or the most generous kind from, you know, from the transportation people to craft services, to the props people, to everybody has been, was so nice on that set. No. And, and I'm going to say this and, and I, I'm not blowing smoke here. I have to say, you know, I've watched a lot of your work with the walking dead going back into much of your filmography. And you mentioned this earlier about knowing you wanted to be an actor as early as preschool. You were Jerry. You were absolutely born to act. You are so good in so many things. And I, I, I'm waiting. It's going to happen. I'm waiting for the day where you just completely blow up and you and and you get the rec- more recognition because I feel like you deserve it. Wow. You know what? If I have a day where I'm not where I'm feeling down, I'm I'm gonna have I'm gonna record you saying that, and I'm just gonna. <laughs> I'm going to take with me to every audition or callback. Like, see, here you listen to this. Yes, you can feel free to use me as a reference or use the recording. Either one works. Um, so I have no, to say the one. Thank yeah, you. I appreciate that. It's well deserved because you, you, you really, I mean, and I'm going to get into some of that. But, you know, the one thing I love about The Walking Dead, and I'm really happy with this season, you know, and I have to say there's like, you mentioned it a little bit earlier. There's this negative, there's these people out there that, maybe really think you're Marco and you're this evil person, even though I didn't see her that way either. I, I, I'm, I'm in agreement with you and how I see Margo. But it's funny how people get so wrapped up into what an asshole this person is. And it's like, wait, wait a second. Well, one, it's, it's, it's affirming your, how great your performance is. But two, it's just like these people really get sold into characters. And I got to say, there's some people that give up on The Walking Dead. Not many because it's a show has millions and certainly not me. But it's almost yep. like that there's so variety. They feel the need to tell you when they stopped watching. Like, I have stopped watching in season three. or It's like so – it's like I've been, I've been walking dead free for the last six years. Like, no one cares. Like, pe- people that I know that love the show just will never leave it. And it's getting better by the day. And this is – and this is just – I'm throwing this out there for those listening. I just – I love the way they introduce, you know, cancer uh, yesterday with – spoiler – with Ezekiel. They introduce – uh, people that are um, hearing impaired, people that are those satellites. Like Jerry, yeah. to me, that's like so. Th- Angela Kang's an absolute genius because yeah. you're, you're th- yeah. those are real problems you would have. It's not just all right. Here's a zombie and a bad guy. Let's shoot or a bad girl. Let's shoot. Let's do this. Yeah. Let's. It's. I love how they're thinking outside the box. I think. I think the show is uh, reinventing itself by the season, which I love. Yeah, I mean, and that's awesome. I yeah, and I to to go back to what you were saying. I think that's great that people get so. I mean, that's kind of the fucking point, right? It's like get you get invested in stuff, and it does almost become like um, I can't watch it after the sixth season, the seventh season, or whatever. It's like 
That's cool. And I, I actually, I mean, I like the fact that you know, people are calling me an asshole or a bully. I mean, <laughs> the character, it's like, I do know how to separate that stuff. It's like, I think that's awesome. Cause to me, it says cool because people are liking the character, the scene or not, or maybe they don't, I don't know, whatever, but they're investing in it and they're having an emotional reaction to it. And I think that that's awesome. And, um, yeah, I mean, I uh, when people ask me about The Walking Dead or find out that I'm on it, I get the same thing like, well, I, I stopped after the fourth season or the sixth season or seventh season or eighth season or whatever. I'm like, well, then maybe you should come back, you know, because this season's pretty awesome. But yeah, it's my God, serious, devoted fans, though. I, I love it, though. I think it's great. Yeah, and I have to say, Jerry, like, I wonder if some of these people think like Deny or you or at the time Andrew Lincoln, they sit around like, like a campfire, they sit around a table read and they think, do you guys know that Mike Jones from Tallahassee stopped watching the second season, episode <laughs> seven? What What are we doing wrong? Let's get it right. Like, it's just, it's unbelievable. To me, it's unbelievable, but that, that's, that's awesome. yeah, that's, that's for another day. So yeah, I, I, I thought your performance on The Walking Dead was phenomenal. Um, you, you mentioned you get some reaction to it. Um, yeah. And it's, I, how many days were you filming that role and in, in, in those scenes that you had total combined? What was that total time period? Um, let's see for, um, well, the, episode one, we were down in Jekyll Island. So we were there. Oh God, I don't even remember maybe like five days or something. And then for, episode three and four it was a few weeks in over was it may and june because i was driving back and forth down to the set um down in sonoya so i mean it was you know a few weeks of filming from what i can remember there's a you mentioned the um the island there's a great photo of you and the other actors um it's either on your instagram or your twitter i can't remember what's one of the two it's such a phenomenal photo it's you guys Remember how – obviously you remember, but for those listening, where you guys open up in like a flank formation. Um, yeah. It yeah. is such a cool-looking scene. Yeah. Um, yeah so that, I thought that was phenomenal and well done. Um, when you left, you mentioned you were a little bit you – know, when you have to leave a set like that because you've been on other sets, I mean, is it – obviously you get emotional, right? That That's something that meant a lot to you and it's, you know, on to the next thing. But, you know oh, – I didn't want to leave. Are you kidding me? Hell no. I'm like – I want to keep doing this. I want to, I want to stay and play with you guys some more. It's like, yeah, especially, especially that and what I was doing and the people I was working with and the role I was working on. Yeah. Yeah. I did not want to leave. Do you, do you, um, even when you're not in a scene, do you stick around or are you able, do you watch other actors, um, do their craft? I mean, are you one of these people that believes in like watching by, you know, learning by watching and kind of absorbing things? Or is it once you're done, you're doing, you're, you're working on your next thing. You're, how, how does that work? Do you, do you watch other you mean, actors? I mean, I mean, if I can, but more often than not, it's usually, you know, once I'm, once I'm done with my scene then I, I go back into holding or I have to go back into the room or back into the trailer. So, um, I don't, but however, like, um, I mean, if I have a, if, you know, if I have a chance and can kind of hang out or hang behind and watch what people are doing, but more often than not, no, I don't, I don't have the chance to do that. And for those of you listening, um, uh, Jerry was mentioned on Talking Dead with Chris Hardwick, had some nice things to say about her. Uh, the other role I wanted to talk about, I really, and, and I, I, I'm all positive, but I really wish we saw more of her. Uh, and that's Diane in Stranger Things. I really, yes. <laughs> I really thought there was potential there because I feel like it. I'm not saying I feel this way, but I kind of feel this way. Like I feel like it's sometimes 
<laughs> sometimes there's like episodes that we see and it's like, okay, we get it. But I really, I really wish I saw Hopper's. We did see the backstory, but I yeah. wish it was more than just a glimpse because I loved where they were going. I loved what we saw. Talk about your experience on Stranger Things and um, do you agree with me in any way? And, and that's not to say the Duffer Brothers aren't fantastic. I'm not saying that, but. Um, <laughs> Of course, of course. Um, I mean, you know, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. Of course, like, what are we on the? I mean, I've already binged, you know, through the third season, and people ask me, are they? They're gonna bring you back, aren't they? I'm like, I, I don't know. I haven't gotten the call. Like, I don't know if, if it's, you know, really important to the storyline because um, what they're doing is is pretty awesome enough. But um, I mean, that the role of Hopper's ex-wife was originally only supposed to be a photograph, like uh, just a picture. And uh, this was also when I think it was called Montauk and then it was untitled Duffer Brothers Project. Um, so what I got was, was, you know, I really didn't know if I would even have a speaking role. And so then they said, oh, okay, it's just going to be voiceover. And so then it was that. And then it was, okay, you have a call back and it's actually, you know, with the Duffer Brothers. And I thought, oh, this is awesome. So, you know, I'm in the room with them and then after I found that I got the role and then it, it then it was, oh, okay, yeah, you're going to, you're going to be in some scenes. So it's like, that's, that's kind of how it progressed. I'm assuming maybe they were also just trying to figure out where my character fits into the story. But, um, yeah, I mean, of course I would love for her to come back and see more of that, but you know, it may not be, um, important or relative to the story at this point, you know, um, can, can I politely disagree with that last thing you said? I do. <laughs> okay. So let's, let's just throw two or three scenarios out there. Let's just, yeah, okay. so ho- ho- Hopper's quote unquote dead yeah. uh, at this point, 11 has no place to live. Diane is still alive. She's remarried with children. Hmm. Where could 11 go? Hmm. I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there. I'm just throwing it out there. I mean, uh, I, I like I like where you're going with that. I definitely like where you're going. So when obviously we talked about The Walking Dead, but when you're on a set like you know you know Stranger Things, I mean, can you tell that's going to be a special show because you were there from the beginning? So can you tell that's going to be a special that that's a special show and that's something what you just did is going to be something that's that's going to really take with people. I mean, no, you know, I'm like, Ooh, okay. I booked a job. I'm like, I booked a job. I don't know what's going to happen with it. Or I mean, you know, once I know if I'm doing, you know, if I'm playing a co-star or guest star, or if it's possible recurring, it's like, you know, I don't know what the hell it's going to end up being, but, um, I just, I mean, I know that the story was really cool and those guys were so cool. I mean, they were like just the coolest, chillest guys ever. Um, I go in and do my thing and then they kind of look at each other and like, well, okay, what do you think? I don't know. What do you think? And it was like, okay, great. I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> they were just so cool. And, um, I mean, I mean, D- David Harbor is amazing. Um, I mean the fact that, I mean, I, I didn't have any scenes with the Nona Ryder. I did touch her smart water though. I got, I accidentally touched her smart water and I was told not to do that. <laughs> I was like, that's as close I'm getting to a Nona. But uh, I mean, the fact that they were to assemble this awesome cast, and um, I also felt that it's just such a great throwback to the '80s and all the Steven Spielberg. I mean, Steven Spielberg stuff, and you know, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. And I mean, you know, this is from my interpretation, but ET. And I thought, ooh, I haven't seen anything like this out there. Mm. The fact that this is a series and it focuses around kids. It's like it's a story about these kids, and it 
for me, I related to it because it brought up stuff about growing up in the 80s and my own childhood. And I mean, yeah, there was a part of me that thought, oh, this would be really cool if this took off. This this would be awesome if this took off. And how, how close is Hawkins to Newburgh? I, I'm just kidding. I know it's Hawkins is not a real place. I'm just kidding. But that's where you grew up, right? Indiana, right? That's So it makes yeah. sense. Yeah, Newburgh's not a real place. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, it's pretty. It's pretty. Yeah, it's pretty close. I mean, I've only been back to Indiana maybe twice, but uh, yeah, it's pretty close to it. I don't remember there being some sort of, you know, evil chemical plant that's also um, doubling for you know the the upside down with like a creature coming. There might be in Indiana. I don't know, but it's pre- it's kind of close to it. Yeah. So you absolutely have to love Gene Hackman and Hoosiers, right? Oh God, are you kidding me? Yeah. I mean, I think that was you know when I was playing basketball. We I don't even remember how many times that was played over and over because I always had male coaches in Indiana. And they some of some of the male coaches also loved Bobby Knight. Remember Bobby Knight? Oh yes, yes. Throwing, throwing chairs, chairs, throwing chairs. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and Hoosiers was definitely huge. But yeah, Gene Hackman. Oh my God, yeah. Of course I remember that. And you did touch upon a great point. You know, it, the, the one thing that I think people love about Stranger Things is yes, they love the story, they love the actors. But you're right; it brings them. It's like a time machine in a way because from you mentioned something free, but for me it was the that middle school dance. I remember being in tears, and I'm like. This is embarrassing. A grown man watching kids at a middle school dance is crying at this point. Like, I was flooded with emotion. That, that, yes, I, of course. That's the way it should be, right? Yeah, that's, that is the way it should be. And that's the way, you know, and, and the other thing I wanted to say was you should add to your filmography once came in contact with an old rider Smartwater. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that's literally it was I was so hungry and, and I found the craft services truck and I was like, oh, wow, there's a there's a huge thing of smart water. OK, I'm just going to take it. And it literally it's like as soon as I touched it, someone appeared. It was like, they're like, that's known as white water. That's not that's not free. I mean, they were, you know, they weren't dicks about it. They were cool. But I was like. Alrighty then. Sorry, but <laughs> so I mean, you're very close to your family, right? So, what 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 are your family's impressions on your success? You know, I mean, you have this, you know, great filmography. Are they are they happy for you? Are they are they? I don't want to say surprised, but are they when they see you doing your thing? Are they? You know, what's their reaction? What's their what's their sentiment to you? Well, I mean, you know, my mom has always been super supportive. My mom is still out in California and one of my brothers is still out there. And, uh, my mom's always been supportive. I mean, she, she's never discouraged, which is a great because I do know a lot of actors where one of their parents or maybe both of them discourage, you know, their dreams, which makes it even, it's hard enough to try to get work as an actor, but when you have a support, or I'm sorry, a lack of a support system, that sucks. I mean, that really, that really fucks with people. Yeah. I've been fortunate that my mom was always supportive of it and pretty much came, I think she came to see almost every play I was ever in. Um, you know, she's not like, I mean, she's in her seventies now. So she's, uh, I don't even know if she has Netflix or Hulu. So she's like, so what is, what is the Hulu show that you're in? How do I, <laughs> How do I get the Hulu? And I'm like, oh my God, just ask a millennial and they will show you. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, my, my brothers have always been supportive, but I, I think they're probably more surprised at this point <laughs> that they're like, wow. Okay. You're, you're like doing it. Like you're actually doing what you said you were going to do when you were a kid and you're in these. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm still surprised by it because of spending so many years 
not doing what I wanted to do. I mean, not even having the opportunity to do what I wanted to do. So, oh yeah, they're, 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 yeah, they're cool about it. They're very supportive. And here's to your mom, because I got to tell you, and you mentioned it. Um, I, I have so many actors that come on and say, you know what? My dad was like, get a real job. My mom, they were like, don't come back again if you leave. Or you know, it's sad when you see yeah. some, some of these actors. I mean, you, I mean, every actor has a sacrifice. I get that, but it's so awesome to hear that your mom was completely supportive, as as your brothers sound too. So that's that's awesome to hear. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm sure even if she was absolutely terrified and worried that her daughter would, I don't know, like have to marry a governor's son in order to survive or something. I'm like, but she never showed it. I mean, she never said it. So. So when you teach acting, right? So you, it varies. I would imagine. Do you are you ever in the position? And, and I don't want to be negative here, but Jerry, are you ever in a position where you, when you see somebody, is? Let me think of a good way to say this. Is there? Do you ever realize maybe acting isn't the best thing for their future? Do you ever see that when you teach, or is it never that elaborate? Is it never that? Do you, do you never see that much? So did you get the question? I'm trying to politely say, if you ever see anybody that acts that isn't very good at it. No, I, I knew. I was like, I know exactly what you're saying. Okay, because <laughs> I, that point. You know, I mean, here's the thing. It's like it's so subjective, you know. And I go, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I mean, because someone could, because someone could look at me and go, "Wow, she sucks." It's like, okay, that's your, that's your perspective, whatever. I mean, really, as far as teaching acting and the technique that I teach, the 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 one thing that I really care about is like put in the work. Like right. if you if this is something that you really care about and you want to learn this technique, you know, I cannot speak for your if you're gonna work as an actor or not, because I have no control over that. I really the, the thing that I care about is if if uh you put in the work and if that shows or not. I mean yeah, there are some people that are completely new and green and they might be really, they really, you know, sometimes don't understand the concept of just listen, like be in the moment and listen. And I feel sometimes people have a hard time of doing that, or they get really insecure, or they feel like they have to put on, literally put on an act or be something that they're not. That stuff does bother me, but I also understand it because I was there once. I mean, I also was there, but yeah, the only thing that really bothers me is when people don't do the work. Yeah, yeah, that's a great point, and, and not to, to to drink the whole haterade uh, container here. Uh, but you must see, you must see though the opposite, though, right? Because you must see improvement. You must see people growing, and that's as a teacher and as somebody who, I mean, first of all, I would be like thrilled to have a teacher who's accomplished as you are, and you sound like you're great with people. But you must be really proud when you see the improvement over the course of time with with students, right? Oh, hell yeah. I mean, definitely. I also think, um, I mean, I'm pretty easygoing. I'm, I'm pretty cool. It's like, you know, I don't yell at people. I don't, I'm not, I don't come from the belief of you have to tear someone down to, to build them back up. Cause I don't respond to that. And then therefore I would not, I would feel that other people wouldn't respond to that. But yeah, when I see people that go from, okay, you know, uh, I mean, I had, I've had like retired pilots in my class, you know, or people that are retired or former cops or, um, pilots or, um, you know, like stay at home moms that maybe have like just insane comedic timing. And they thought they should take some acting classes to people that have been doing it for years and years and they just want to learn a new technique. And yeah, I mean, watching these people grow, um, I mean, I have students in my class that have, um, phobias, like, 
panic attacks, severe stress, anxiety. And I'm like, you're choosing acting. (laughs) And I tell you though, I mean, really the psychological benefits of it are pretty positive. And I always say this should be cathartic. I mean, this isn't drama therapy, but it kind of is. But if you are not having fun and if you don't feel good after you've done a, you know, a scene or a monologue, then yeah, this may, may not be right for you. I mean, at the end of the day, it needs to be something you want to sink your teeth into and watching people actually do that and see how it affects their work. I mean, I have students now that I'm seeing that are in, um, I mean, you know, TV shows and feature films. And of course, yeah, it makes me, it makes me proud that I feel like I had, you know, I was a part of that. You know what, uh, Jerry, and kudos to those people from all walks of life, all ages that are putting it out there because that takes that takes some fortitude to just go out there. And you know what, I, I'm going to do it. What, and if I find out that it's not for me, at least they didn't do it from their sofa. At least they went out there and tried it. And that's that yeah. is that that is that is to be admired. I think with any profession, especially something as difficult as acting. Oh God. Yeah. I mean, too. And I have friends. Oh my God. I mean, I think even standup, I mean, standup comedy is even more, I have friends that do standup comedy and I'm like, you are my hero. You get up there, you do your own material. And it's like, people will yell at you. It's like, at least I don't have that. I mean, I'm not standing up and people are booing me or asking me to like, get the hell off the stage. But yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's fucking scary. It's scary. And I totally get that. And it's scary to get up there especially if you're new to acting and really allowing, I mean, it's really allowing yourself to be seen and that freaks people out. And I totally get that. So do you have a lot of your students ask you a lot of the same things I'm asking you today? Do a lot of them ask you about, you know, stranger things or one of the other things in your filmography or your, your extensive, um, excuse me, theater background? Um, they, they do. I mean, of course they ask me, what was it like? Or who is this, you know, who is hot? Who is not like, is this person key? But you know, they ask me all that stuff. And, but what I find that, um, a lot of actors ask, which I understand is they want to know, you know, how they can book that job and how they can get an agent. And, and they ask more business questions, um, which is just as important as knowing the business of acting. Yeah, and that's the one thing. If I was in your position, I would always wonder about. I would be like, "Well, why are you?" You mentioned the person that you know thought they had a great sense of timing and comedic ability, but I always think there's some people that get involved in some maybe anybody's acting classes where they see the end, but they don't see all the work that you've been through. They don't see the moving you've done in your life, Jerry. They don't see the UCLA MFA work you've done, the theater work, all the other stuff you've done. They see the end result. They see somebody that's you know in a lot has a great filmography, is in The Walking Dead, is in Stranger Things. But I feel like sometimes people don't see the hard work that you've put in along your journey. Um, you know, I mean, I think it. Uh, you know, obviously, I can't read people's minds, but I think it's more about not wanting to see how long it takes. And I get that because. You know, I talk to fellow actors all the time and they know the deal, especially if they spent time in L.A. or New York or Chicago or London. I mean, this really is a marathon, not a sprint. And I, you know, I don't want to discourage anybody. But when I have students coming in, learning acting, just the technique of acting, and then when they want to ask me business questions, it's like I slowly see like the light at the end of their tunnel dimming. It's just like, (laughs) they're like, oh my God, how long is this taking you? And, And I'm like, look, it's different for everybody, but 
it takes time, you know, I mean, it really takes time to, and it's a, it's baby steps. It's a process. It's like, but I feel a lot of, a lot of actors, especially new to the game, they don't want to hear that because it's disheartening. I mean, it is, it's like, Oh my God, this is, I have to do what? And I have to do, you know, spend how much money and take how many classes and I have to do this thing and that thing before. I mean, yeah, it is. It can seem like a monster. Yeah, I mean that's well said. And, and uh, another actor I had, I have three more questions. If you don't, I mean, you give me fifty minutes of your time. I feel guilty asking you three more. Do you have time for three more questions? How dare you? Yes, I do. Okay. Um, one of the other one person I, I interviewed a while back said he's talking about extra work. He said that is the one way you never want to get to acting because I, I I forget his reasoning and I don't want to put words in his mouth. What's your take on that? Ooh, yeah, that's a good question. Um, yeah, I mean I've I have. People that ask me that, newer actors that ask me about background work. I mean, hey, I and I always say, you know, you have to figure out what works for you. It's like, you know, what do you want? What type of career do you want? Do you do you want to do background work, which there's absolutely nothing wrong with doing? Do you want to do television work, commercial, print, film, theater, or do you want to do all of it? Um, for me personally, I hated background work. I did it. My God, I think I did it once for, you remember the show, My Name is Earl? I do, yeah. The, uh, you hear that? Yes. Okay. I, I mean, it was, I had a great, I mean, it was a great time on set, but I personally did not enjoy being called Atmosphere. And I'm like, okay, wait, I have my MFA from UCLA. I'm studying with, but it's like, you know, people don't, I mean, it's like, it's not like I go wearing a sign on my head or I expect people to, you know, oh, you know, it's like, I, I didn't expect anything, but just being called Atmosphere and and not that people were rude by any means on the set. I just, it just didn't feel good to me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Cause I'm like, okay, this is an experience I got to play. I think it was the goat lady. And it was in an episode with Christian Slater, who was awesome. I love Christian Slater. He was so cool. But the fact that I actually didn't get to do what I wanted to do, that bothered me. So I never did, did background ever again after that. But some people, you know, make a living doing it. Some people enjoy doing that. For me, just was never my thing. And, and you think they could come up with a better word than atmosphere? Because that is yeah. so, that's almost degrading. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, okay, there's a plant there, so I guess uh, that's atmosphere. I guess I'm atmosphere as well. Too. Yeah, I just didn't – that didn't sit well with me. Yeah, and one of the other things that, that I, I think is good news for actors, and I'm sure you can confirm this, and you mentioned your mom with Hulu, but you know, Apple Plus has just added. Disney Plus has just added. We have HBO and Netflix mm -hmm. and Prime, and we have Apple Plus. So, so that's, a good, that's a good thing for actors, right? The more venues we have to develop these creative shows, that's a good thing today, right? Yeah, I mean, of course. Yeah, I mean, it's like you know, I was saying, you know, Prime, YouTube. It's like I think is it Facebook's going to be? I don't know. I don't want to. That's right. Like, no, you're right. Facebook is coming out with shows. Yes. Yeah, and I think they aren't they? They're trying to have their own currency or something. Or am I am I hearing that incorrectly? No, you're right. You're right. I, I'm not following that, but yeah, I feel like yeah, it's more opportunity, more more venues for work. I mean, yeah, I'm I'm totally up for that. I'm I'm all about that. Yeah. Yeah, even like so, my cable system is uh, Spectrum, and um, what was that Paul Reiser show with um, the, the the actress from uh, Castaway? Uh, oh God, Helen Hunt. Um, that show that was oh, famous. Now about you? Yeah, so they're coming out with like a a part two, like a, a oh yeah. So it's like nobody really has heard of it, like but our cable system is promoting it, so it's like even stuff we're not hearing about is getting out there. So that's kind of cool. So why why we're on those? You know those networks. Is there 
Are you a binge watcher? Are you? Are there shows you can't miss? Yes, American Horror Story. Oh my god, it's so funny that you just say that. My girlfriend <laughs> and I just binge watched. We we caught up to the beginning. What is yeah. your take on that show? I absolutely love it. Kathy Bates, I think, is one of the best actors of all time. Oh, she's. I mean, she's awesome. Angela Bassett. Um, I mean, I can't. I like the fact that to me that is like a, a working with a theater troupe because every year they do they they work with a lot of the same actors but they have different roles it's like repertory theater a lot of the same actors but different roles in a in a different um theme a different story it's like i love that about it yeah i was, uh, I was just gonna say it is like a troop before you said that i was like because it's yeah i love the way they use those actors every season yeah. is a different you know yeah. supposedly they're all tied in but um that's a great point you make with that yeah, I mean Sarah Paulson. Um, I mean, my God, who, I mean, I, uh, my Jessica Lange, and um, oh my gosh, um, yeah, I can't even. But yeah, I love. That's a show I definitely would be on American Horror Story. I've been watching it. Oh, the marvelous Mrs. Maisel is incredible. I think. Um, have you been watching that? Yeah, it's a phenomenal show. I mean, I'm a little behind, but. Um uh, one person I had was talking about the co- she's she's a costume designer. She absolutely raves about the costume design on that show. She absolutely thinks it's the best on television. Oh, it's it's beautiful. I, I mean, it's beautiful. And yeah, I, I I have not seen a show like that, and especially just that. I mean, the 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 culture of being a Jewish woman in New York in the fifties. You know. Um, having kids and then trying to be a stand-up comedian. It's like, what? It's like, what? Who, who, who thinks of that? It's like, I don't know. I just thought, I think the story is just great. But yeah, yeah I tend to like that is, I tend to like darker stuff, but you know, like Ozark, I love Ozark, American Horror Story. I'm watching the center, the second, ep, uh, the second season of the center. Yep. Um, but yeah, I like, I tend to like kind of darker stuff. No, and I, I, I'm with you on that, and, and I, I'm just I'm happy we're at a point where people can you know apps are, can kind of find their own thing, and there's for for somebody you know, for somebody to say like oh there's nothing on anymore is is just such a cop out and ridiculous you know there's something what? for everyone who's, who's saying that <laughs> there's people that find it like I, like don't get me wrong I love sports I love basketball like you do I love football but I'm gonna tell you I'd rather watch a good show any day I mean maybe outside of the Super Bowl but. I'd rather watch a good television show, a good movie, than a sporting event any day of the week. Any, you know, not even close. Yeah, and, but also I do feel also too that a really good show it can kind of be like a sporting event because I know for me I I always am trying to figure out who am I rooting for and who do I want to win. That's kind of a good point, absolutely, and and I really feel like people find themselves in some of these shows, you know. Um, I, I do believe, I'm a big believer in this, that movies can be life-changing, that shows can be life-changing. Uh, I mean, you take the Shawshank Redemption, you take anything. People, mm. people find meaning and love in these shows. And that's why I love what actors do, because I really... Some people have nothing in life. Like, some people are, are, are in a tough spot. I, I think we all go through our things. But I feel like TV and movies, J- Jerry, they take you out of that for a while, even if it's for a brief time. And that's why I've been always fascinated with, with cinema or television. Have you seen My Name is Dolomite? Oh, Eddie Murphy, I have. It's fantastic. Oh, God. Yeah. Talking about just, I mean, I cried. I cried in that because I, I mean, well, one, I love, I've always loved Eddie Murphy, but just the story of the, the guy and how positive he was and the people he got to surround him to do what he felt 
you know, he was meant to do. I just, oh my God, I love that. And he, and Jerry, he never felt sorry for himself. He, I mean, he doubted himself at times, but he always found a way. Like when, when, when life presented this, he would come up with that. He was such a genius in that way. Yeah, I, yeah, I totally agree. That's, yeah, that's what I, I, I loved about that. Yeah, it's, oh yeah, it's really good. So helpful. So, so this is my last question to you, and hopefully you come on a lot, a lot longer. Hopefully it's not 20 years before you come back on, but if we have a conversation <laughs> in 20 years, yeah. What, where would you professionally, what would, what would make you happy? Where would you want to be? What would, what would you want to take place? Or is it just one day at a time? I mean, real. I, um, I, I look forward to seeing the, the types of roles I'm going to be doing 20 years from now. Plus also, I'm sure I will have a full head of white hair, <laughs> <laughs> which I'm looking forward to, but like, oh yeah. I mean, I would love to have the longevity of Kathy Bates, of Angela Bassett, of, oh my God, Helen Mirren, of Jessica Lange. Like, I mean, really just, you know, yeah, just be, continue working and being able to do what I love to do. I don't know. Was that a total cheesy cop out or? You've been honest this whole interview and I love it. And and I have to say, you know, it's a great answer, by the way. But one of the things, my la- this is my last question. I lied. What's your take on the de-aging things that we're seeing a lot in movies and television? I, I, I'm confused with it, to be very honest with you. I don't know if I like it or I don't like it. Like, I feel like it's good, but it's also like, I don't know. I, I, it's almost the same feeling I have with CGI. Wait, say that again. The, you said de-aging. De-aging, where, where we're like, they, they take, so like in The Irishman that's coming out, right? What they do is they take Robert De Niro and they make him look 30 years younger. Well, yeah, I mean, but isn't that important because they're showing him in a flashback as a young man, right? I mean, I haven't seen it yet, but isn't that why they do right. it? Right, no, no, I, I, it, it, it's def- it definitely works and it doesn't look cheesy. That's not what I mean. But do you feel like something like that could ever, I, I don't want to say cost actors work, but do you ever feel like it, it could be used in a negative way? It could be used in a way that's maybe not so good for television or not so good for cinema. I mean, I, you know, I don't know. It's, it's, uh, I feel like, okay, well, I mean, like, here's the thing, like, uh, you know, I'm in my forties and I really, I feel, I read an interview with Kathy Bates that she didn't start working. I think she shot misery when she was 40 or something. Or, so, you know, I'm, I'm hitting my stride in my forties. I really didn't start booking television and film work till I was in my forties. And I feel like, um, that definitely also being a female as well too, that there's more of a, of a supply and a supply, but a demand for seeing older characters and maybe not so, you know, the young doesn't have a crease or wrinkle on their face. And I don't know. I just kind of seeing that, there more of that happening and more people embracing that and um, more people wanting that. So I, I would hope that that kind of stuff would, would not happen because I feel like maybe people wouldn't want to see that. Do you know what I mean? No, that makes sense. It's funny that you bring up Kathy Bates because well, I read it. I read an article where she was very, she was theatrically trained. She wants to rehearse everything. She wants to know what they're doing. And, um, uh, uh um, what's the other actor's name in misery? Uh, uh, he won. Um, he was in the Godfather. Uh, the man oh, opposite her. Um, I'm so embarrassed. I can't think of this. Oh my God, I can't. Yeah. Oh my. Oh. Um. Oh my. He has, oh, he has a son. Oh, what's his name? Oh, I can't even think of it. Wow. I want to say Kane, but it's not Kane. Khan. Uh, um. Khan. Yes. I. Oh my God. What is his name? <laughs> James Khan. 
Yes, James Caan. There you go. So I read where he, like, she wanted to do things like she's theatrically trained. She wants to rehearse, and he kind of just wanted to wing it. Not, I don't want to say wing it. Sorry, he just kind of wanted to go with it. Like, just let's do it, you know. And and I guess that was a big. Rob Reiner was saying that was a huge. You know, he had to kind of smooth things over because you have one actor wanting to do it one way and one trying to do it very differently. So, yeah, that's almost that's another challenge I would imagine as well. You know, yeah, I, it's definitely working with. I think probably with any job. I mean, obviously not the same thing, but working, being able to work. In my experience, working with people with different personalities, coming from different perspectives, and definitely different ways of working. Yeah. And as long as I feel both people are flexible and having a common denominator to, okay, where do we need this scene to go or this moment to go? Then yeah, I think, you know, it it can work. But when you don't have that, yeah, it's not fun. (laughs) Yeah, you're you're right. And I have to say the fact that you just told me in your year in your mid forties makes me feel worse about myself because I'm guessing we're close to the same age. If you had to peg if I, had oh, no, take, I said 40s. I didn't say mid 40s. No, no, I, I'm in my mid 40s. You look a lot younger than that. I'll tell you that. So that's that's you're very lucky. One of us belongs sunscreen. On, it's called sunscreen, my friend. Yeah, I belong on one side of the camera, and it's not in front of it. I'll tell you that. <laughs> that's the. But I have to say, is there anything you wanted to promote? Anything you wanted to get out there? Is there um, your social media? Do you want to share that? Um, I mean, you know, I'm on the Facebook and Instagram. <laughs> People can find me on that. I mean, yeah, no, I really, I really, maybe I should be, but I really don't have anything to promote. <laughs> How about your classes? Are those, is that something you're, are, are you like a faculty or, or do you kind of just hold the, the, your shops, uh, your workshops whenever yeah. they come up? No, I actually, I mean, I'm, um, I'm a, uh, part-time instructor in Georgia state. I teach, I teach acting there, um, depending on if they need me or not. I'm going to be teaching at SCAD as well, too. You familiar with SCAD here in Atlanta? I, I, I don't know what SCAD is. What is SCAD? Savannah College of Art and Design. Oh, very cool. Okay. And they, yeah, and they, I'm going to be teaching um, specifically Chubbuck Technique there. The acting school I teach at in Atlanta is called Drama Inc., and that's where I teach Chubbuck Technique. And I've, I've, yeah, I've been there since I moved here, so for the past five years I've been teaching there. Her name is Jerry Tubbs. I have hijacked her for the last hour and a half. Oh, not hour and a half. Hour and ten minutes. <laughs> Jerry, I cannot thank you enough for coming on. You are so fun to talk to, and it's interviews like this that make me really happy that I have a podcast. So thank you from the bottom of my heart. I appreciate it. Thank you. I appreciate that. Now I'm going to stalk you now. <laughs> Anytime. You're more than welcome. <laughs>